There was a woman who showed up and she was carrying a sign and it said abortion is healthcare. And I was on my microphone, you know, trying to talk to people who are walking by. And I said, I have never in my life met anybody who doesn't regret abortion. And she looked at me and she goes, you have today because you've met me and I don't regret my abortion. And I said, love, you might not regret your abortion right now, but I promise you at some point before you die, you will regret your abortion. Pro-abortion extremists want you to believe that all doctors are pro-abortion. Abortion's healthcare, they claim. Not so fast. Welcome to Dear Jane, I'm your host, Scott Baker. The truth is that there are many professional doctors, including OBGYNs, who are strongly pro-life. We visit with such a person today on Dear Jane. Dr. Monique Roberu says that science and faith can absolutely coexist and is more common than you may think. Dr. Roberu, let's start there. The claim that abortion is health care. What's your take on that? So personally, I believe that abortion is death care. The only thing it offers is to end the life of a living child. It doesn't solve any of the issues for the mom. It um, it doesn't serve to um, provide medical care to improve the health of anyone. So I, I completely disagree with that abortion is health care statement. You think, how do you think we've gotten to this point and why do so many people, not only people buy that that's the case, but even we hear, you know, a lot of folks in the medical community making that argument. Why, how, how have we gotten to this point? I think it's because there is a certain level of respect for one's physician, right? You have some camaraderie with your physician. You see your physician as somebody who wants to take care of you, somebody who um, spends their life trying to solve medical problems. And when certain facts are being stated by people that you already trust, it's easy to buy them, right? So if your doctor is telling you that something is good for you or that this is the best choice for you, it's very easy for a patient to start to believe that that's the truth simply because of the position that that person holds. And for that reason, I think it's really important that every physician really takes seriously the oath that we stated at the beginning of our profession and that we really come to terms with how much influence we might have over those that we're serving. Well, there's a lot of there's I want to get into things like the abortion pill and abortion reversal pill and, and some of those things. Before we do, I'm just I'm just curious what it's like to be a pro-life OBGYN. It would seem like a lonely existence, but hopefully it's not. What I mean, what's it like for you? Oh, being a pro-life OBGYN is fantastic. Getting to work every day and to help people and to know that there is nothing that I have to go to confession over. There is nothing that I do that I have to apologize for when I die, that every person that I serve, I am honoring them as a creation of God. 
and that I am trying to help them become the healthiest person that they are and help them to come closer to God and help them to heal their relationships in their lives. It's, it's fantastic. I practiced as like a typical gynecologist for years and years and made all sorts of mistakes and didn't know the truth about, you know, really how God had created us to be such amazing creatures that um, can heal and how he provided us with everything that we need for our healing and um, really making a lot of mistakes just because I was trained that way and hadn't really taken the time to learn anything outside of the traditional training. And now Wow. It's just so much fun to be a doctor. I know so many other doctors that are just burnt out and really not enjoying what they do because all they do all day is write contraceptives and shut down people's problems and address symptoms and not the root cause of issues. But in my office, I feel like almost like a an investigator, like every day, every problem, every person that I encounter, we get the ability to really delve deep and have conversations and see how these issues are impacting their entire life and the people around them and offer real solutions. And uh, it's just, it's fantastic. I love hearing you talk about it because obviously your faith is parent, Um, but usually so many people in the culture now assume where there is faith, there is lack of science and there is lack of knowledge. Um, but again, you are a doctor, a medical doctor um, who knows what she's talking about. So the intersection there is fascinating. I, I just I love to hear that. Yes, you have your faith, but it, is, it, it does not come at the sacrifice of any kind of scientific knowledge or training, does it? Not at all, because God created us perfectly. I mean, every when you think about how our body works, all of the systems that have to communicate with one another, all of the messages that have to go back and forth, just in order for our bodies to function, to be able to move my finger from here to here, all of the different pathways that have to be used within our body, that's like completely miraculous. And then you start thinking as a gynecologist, it's unbelievable what happens every single month with the ballet of the hormones that are rising and falling and the miracle of ovulation and how our uterus is prepared to house this beautiful child if it was to be conceived. And then if that conception doesn't occur, how your uterus cleanses itself in order to prepare for the next opportunity for a possible conception. And it's just like the most beautiful, you know, the bleeding, the signs, the mucus, everything tells a story. And when women actually begin to understand all of those things, you know, what everything means in what they're paying attention to, they can tell what's going on with their hormones. They can tell if they have certain issues and how they should be addressed. And it's it's just such an amazing thing. And it's nothing that I was ever taught in medical school or residency. So I want to go back to that point exactly. Um, because you you've you've mentioned that a few times now. Uh, the way you were trained or taught in school, I think you used the word mistake before or or um it was faulty training, it sounds like. How so? So there were a lot of things that I was taught which are factual, you know, like the vasculature in the body, the um the organs that we have and all of those things, all great, you know, 
anatomy was wonderful. Physiology was good too. Um, but when we came to the point of treating things, so as a gynecologist, I was trained that pretty much every GYN issue, whether it be abnormal bleeding, postpartum depression, uh, PMS symptoms, painful periods, ovarian cysts, the treatment was always, okay, you put them on a birth control pill and you try and shut down their cycle and prevent them from ovulating and you hide the problem. But it never addresses the root cause. We were never taught how to fully evaluate somebody's hormones. We were never taught what your progesterone should be all the way through a pregnancy. We were never taught you know, how to look at somebody's cycle and identify, you know, the different parts of the bleeding pattern. What is truly normal bleeding? What is abnormal bleeding? Is it okay that somebody is, you know, soaking through a pad an hour? And is that actually normal? Like some doctors would say, yes, they'd say, oh, you just have heavy bleeding and that's okay. That's, that's normal. But there is, there are so many things that I was taught that are like, oh my goodness, like you're hemorrhaging because you have high levels of estrogen because of what you're eating and what you're drinking. And all of this can be changed if we just sit down and actually look at the whole story. But I think a part of it is most physicians don't have the time. Like they have, they're scheduled to see at least 30 patients in a day and of those 30 patients are already running late. So the five minutes that they have allotted for that particular patients are already gone by the time they've seen that patient. So they're looking for the patients that are, okay, you're coming in. Oh, you have abnormal bleeding. Okay, let me write you a contraceptive. You don't have any allergies. All right, great. We'll see you. Come back in another three months. But at you know, in our office, we have, you know, at least 30 minute appointments that we sit with patients, get their full history, have an understanding of exactly what they're eating, exactly how they're exercising, exactly what they're drinking, exactly what their cycles are like, exactly what their relationships are like, what their faith background is. And then we put it all together because we're not single layer human beings. Like we're complex and everything plays into how much stress you're undergoing and how that influences your hormones and how you're feeling and how you're going to respond to certain things. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. So I'm assuming, uh, in, in your years of practice, you have come across, um, let's, let's talk about the impacts of abortion. I'm assuming you've come across post-abortive women in, in your practice. Um, you know, I was, and the reason I bring this up, I was just reading a story in ProPublica about, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those typical stories about there is no downside to abortion. There is no, there are no uh, after ill effects or that sort of thing. Um, in, your, in your history, is that your experience? And, and as you have treated post-abortive women, um, what are some of the complications uh, or, or challenges, if any, that you've run across? I have, number one, I've never met a woman who is post-abortive, who has come through my office um, or that I've met, you know, in society that does not in some way or form regret her abortion. There are women who every year on the anniversary of their abortion, they spend their whole day looking for kids that are the age of their aborted child. 
there are women who have recurrent nightmares. There are women who um, stow their abortions so deep in their mind and they keep that door tightly shut. But every woman that comes into my office as a part of her health history, I always ask the obstetric history. And I always find out how many pregnancies have you had? Okay, how many living kids do you have? All right, so those two children that are in heaven now, were they miscarriages or were they abortions? And the minute that I find out that there is an abortion, I always say, I am so, so sorry for your loss. Has anyone ever offered you abortion recovery services? And I talked to them about Rachel's Vineyard, um, Silent No More, all of these different groups that offer healing retreats. And the majority of them have never heard of this. And the minute that I that I offer this to them and I let them know that number one, your child is in heaven. Your child loves you. There is nothing but love in heaven. Your child is praying for you every day so that you can one day join your child in heaven. And then you guys can be together there. And what God really wants is for you to be healed in such a way that you can then share your testimony of how abortion touched your life and how you have healed from it. And you can help someone else not choose abortion. And if that happens, then like that would be so amazing that you could prevent this for some, that you could save how many other babies, even though your baby is now in heaven, right? And I can't tell you how many women tell me that they have never spoken of this to anyone. The only person who knew about this abortion was the father of the baby. Their children don't know. Their rest of their family don't know. Some of them, even their current husband does not know. They have been holding on to this secret. And this is the first conversation that they've had. Some of these women are in their 70s and 80s. They had abortions in their teens and 20s. Can you imagine like holding on to that for your whole life? Every time you go to a baby shower, every time abortion comes up on the news, like that, that, and a lot of these women are faithful women. They're going to church. They are a part of the community, the pro-life community even. And they feel like this is something that they can't share because they have so much guilt and regret about it. And then when people say, shout your abortion, be proud of your abortion, they're cringing because they're like, that's the last thing they would ever want to do. They don't want anyone to know that they did that. But what I want them to know is that God takes the darkest, most difficult situations and he transforms them to the most beautiful opportunity for healing and saving of lives. And there's nothing that he can't make new. And so every one of them was created perfectly. Every one of us are sinners. Every one of us makes mistakes. And there is nothing that would prevent us all from being able to be in complete union with him and with the children that have been lost. 
It's frustrating for a lot of us who are not medical professionals to have the language to help people understand that there really are ramifications or negative consequences for abortion. We're usually made to feel less intelligent or told we don't have a place in the conversation, but you just described for us ample evidence that abortion has negative impacts on women who undergo the procedure. What advice would you have for those of us who are not medical professionals to push back when that argument is made? Number one, he's coming at you and they're angry and they're like really hurt about abortion. Stop like trying to convince them of what your beliefs are and have a conversation with them as to why they are so interested in defending abortion. Find out what their story is. And I guarantee you, like nine times out of 10, their story is someone in their life chose abortion. It might've been them. They might've paid for an abortion. They might've taken someone for an abortion. They might have, um, you know, participated in abortion in some way. And they have to defend that, right? So see if there's a way that you can apologize to them for the fact that nobody was there to offer them something different. See if you can let them know that our goal isn't to try and prove them wrong. Our goal isn't to try and make them feel less than, even though that might be what their goal is. I don't know. Our goal is to let them know that they too are loved and they too can change their mind and that the resources that they weren't offered, we are trying to make sure that every woman knows those resources are available to them. And so like, if you chose abortion because you felt like you couldn't complete school or you didn't have anybody to love on you, or you didn't have anybody to give you the financial resources, you didn't have the community Maybe if somebody loved you enough at that moment, you might have been able to make a different decision. And I'm so sorry that you had to choose that. And, you know, it's I think the best way to combat a story is to tell another story and just say, look, I I know of somebody who was conceived in rape and that guy is such an amazing guy and he has done so many awesome things with his life. And I can't imagine life without him. But if he was aborted just because he was conceived in rape, then why wasn't his rapist father murdered? You know, like why wasn't he given the death penalty? And why, why should he receive the death penalty for something he didn't even do? You know, I go and pray outside of the abortion centers every Saturday in downtown Philly. And there was a woman who showed up and she was carrying a sign and it said abortion is healthcare. And I was on my microphone, you know, trying to talk to people who are walking by. And I said, I have never in my life met anybody who doesn't regret abortion. And she looked at me and she goes, you have today because you've met me and I don't regret my abortion. And I said, love, you might not regret your abortion right now, but I promise you at some point before you die, you will regret your abortion. And when you regret your abortion, I want you to know that you can come to us and we will help you heal from that. And I just want to apologize for 
all of the people that did not show up for you when you were walking through that, for the people that didn't offer you help and assistance and money and love and compassion and kindness and didn't tell you that they would help you so that you could have your baby or you could give your baby up for adoption or you could, you know, co-parent or whatever. I'm so sorry, really, that they weren't there for you. And normally when we have conversations with pro-abortion people outside of abortion centers, the conversation goes back and forth and back and forth. And there's a lot of name calling on their side. And there's a lot of like waving to us with that telling us how awesome we are, that we're number one and all that sort of stuff. This woman just kind of walked away. She walked to the end of the road and she like stood at the end of the road with her sign and didn't say anything. It's, I think oftentimes like we get stuck in the, I'm pro-life, you're pro-choice. We can never be on the same side of the table. And I've got to fight you with everything I've got because I've got to prove to you that I'm right and you're wrong because I know what I'm saying is right. And I'm, I'm on the side of God and you're not, you're going to hell. If we come at people with that sort of an attitude, we are never, ever going to change hearts and minds. Everything that we do has to be led with love. Everything, like Jesus sat with every sinner he could find. He broke bread with them. And like, that's how he changes society. That's how he changed us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk a little science and the truth about chemical abortions. We'll do that when we return on Dear Jane. Sit tight. Are you a pregnancy center or pro-life organization that wants to grow your life-saving mission in a way that effectively reaches women who need help? At Choose Life Promo, our ultimate goal is to help organizations empower women to choose life. We take our design and marketing expertise to the next level, creating apparel, videos, and other items that are eye-catching and attractive, ripe with accurate information specifically for women that need support and spread awareness about your pregnancy center to donors and potential supporters. At Choose Life Promo, our mission is to impact our culture, to choose life through communication strategies grounded in both research and biblical values. We want to give you promotional items that inspire donations and also educate the abortion-minded woman about your pregnancy center so she can receive the care and support she needs. Saving lives is always in style. Learn more at ChooseLifePromo.com. We're back here on Dear Jane talking with Dr. Monique Roberu, and she's been sharing with us her professional experience in dealing with women who are considering or have had an abortion. Dr. Roberu, let's talk about chemical abortions. We're quickly reaching the point, if we haven't already, where most abortions won't be conducted in the abortion clinic, but instead by women taking a pill at home. Um, I was just looking at a pro-abortion site that was trying to tout the quote-unquote benefits of chemical abortion. Uh, one of their claims was that it's as safe as taking Tylenol. Um, 
Another one of their claims was that uh, being pregnant is more dangerous than having an abortion. All kinds of crazy claims. I want to hear from a medical professional. What is the truth about the abortion pill and chemical abortion? Sure. Yeah. I have a real, um, it's an interesting thing, this abortion pill. The reason that I like the abortion pill is because it can be reversed. So somebody can take the abortion pill within 72 hours, we can reverse that pill and we can save that child's life in a lot of instances. And that child comes away unscathed. There's no like anatomic problems with the baby because of it. There's no genetic problems with the baby because of it. And there are numerous, numerous, and we have helped so many babies in Philadelphia alone with abortion pill reversal. And every time I see the pictures of those babies, it like just warms my heart to know that they're there because that was available and we were able to help them. There are so many reasons to hate abortion pills. Um, number one, it's abortion, right? Nobody loves abortion. Um, but number two, especially with this new rolling out of allowing abortion pills to be dispensed from CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, all of these places, and then having abortion pills in the mail. What this is doing is it is allowing abortion access to women who have virtually no health care associated with this abortion. So perfect example, there was a woman that wanted an abortion pill reversal. She had received an abortion pill somehow through the mail and she had taken it. They, This woman had no idea when she had conceived this pregnancy. And it turned out that her pregnancy was actually way far beyond when it would have been acceptable in any clinic to give the abortion pill. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is bad enough. Like this abortion pill is probably not going to work for you anyway. It will probably cause some bleeding and try and reduce your progesterone and put the baby at risk because of that. But it's not going to likely completely terminate your, your baby instantaneously like it would if the baby was the right age. But then you start thinking about women who have ectopic pregnancies. So these women who have an ectopic pregnancy are then taking this abortion pill, and it could very well be that they're having a ruptured ectopic with some bleeding and a lot of pain, and they just think it's normal. And this was actually a case. A woman showed up and was taken to um, by ambulance by the time she received care, she was already dead on arrival. They did an autopsy and they found that she had a ruptured ectopic. So these are things that are happening. There are so many women who are traumatized by this because their whole experience with the pro-choice community has been, oh, it's not really a human. It's not really a baby. It's just a clump of cells. It's nothing. And then they are alone. Like this is way more traumatic than a surgical abortion for these women because they are alone on their toilet and they deliver their child into the toilet and they can see the heads and the arms and the legs and they see their baby. And then they're told that they need to flush their baby down the toilet. So all of that human waste is ending up in our water system. Can you imagine? And so these women are seeing their baby and they're digging their babies out of the toilet 
And they're keeping their babies in potted plants. They're keeping their babies in the freezer. They're keeping their babies in like vases because they don't know what to do with it. And now they're like completely traumatized because they have no idea like, oh my gosh, I just literally killed my child. I thought this was like nothing and they have nobody to turn to. So they're now, I have friends that are running, you know, the crisis pregnancy centers, friends that are running the healing retreats and stuff for people. And they're the ones who are getting these calls of these women who are just losing it after they've gone through this procedure. This is like, there is no... These women aren't being given any advice. They're not being given any opportunity for healing. They're not being offered resources so they could make another choice. They're just being told this is simple. This is easy. I mean, most people have seen, at least most pro-lifers have seen Abby Johnson's Unplanned. The pain and the bleeding that Abby went through during her chemical abortion was enough so that even though she was pro-choice, she would actively talk people out of taking the abortion pill. She would talk them into getting the surgical abortion because in her mind, it was far less barbaric. You know, I'm I'm hearing you talk about this. And again, I'm reminded of this this social media site for this group. And they were touting DIY abortions, DIY abortions, as as if it's, you know, uh, something you would just a project around the house kind of thing. Yeah, like um, we're talking about real, on your house. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is I mean this is really your bathroom. Putting have your people own abortion. In, yeah, I mean you're putting people you're putting yourself in danger. Uh but that brings us to abortion pill reversal that you have mentioned and it, it drives me crazy because every time you read about the APR um in any kind of mainstream media outlet they always preface it with you know with well the the uh Scientifically unproven APR. They always want to somehow, you know, downplay or demean the the effectiveness of the APR. What's your take? What what's your experience with the APR? So, abortion pill reversal absolutely is scientific. It absolutely does work. It doesn't work for every baby. If the baby is too young, like if it's a very very early pregnancy and we don't get to the mom until like the 72 hour mark that baby has less of a chance of survival than somebody who's a little bit older and a little bit stronger um so the the older the baby is the better chance they have of survival and the faster the mom changes her mind the better chance we have of survival um it it's totally scientific so basically the RU486 abortion pill cuts off the supply of progesterone. And so what we do as APR doctors is we just flood the mom with progesterone. We give her high doses of progesterone for the first three days of the treatment, and then we decrease the dose slightly and we continue, but then we continue to monitor the baby and we monitor the progesterone levels throughout the pregnancy to make sure that the mom's doing okay. And it's amazing. Like, I mean, most of these babies, they're resilient and they recover and they do great. And they don't even, might not even need progesterone for the remainder of the pregnancy. Um, but yeah, it's it's the most beautiful thing. There was one mom that um, she is taking her mother to the driving center, the PennDOT driving center near the abortion center at 777 Apple Tree in downtown. And she had had an abortion pill 
abortion previously. And she saw someone just holding a sign that said abortion pill reversal. So after she put her mom inside, she came over and she said, what is that? And she had a conversation with the lady. And then months later, she was in an unplanned pregnancy and everybody around her told her she needed to have an abortion. So she took the abortion pill again. And then she remembered that sign and she contacted me and now that little girl, I think she's like three or four years old. And every time I see her on TikTok doing some crazy stunt, I always like say, I'm so grateful. And she, the mom is always like, no, Dr. Rubero, I can't tell you what a blessing this child has been in our lives. It's like unbelievable. So of course the, the name of this podcast is Dear Jane. And that's referencing, of course, uh, Jane Rowe in the original Roe v. Wade. So if a Jane of the 21st century comes across this podcast, she finds herself now with an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, what would you what would be your message to her? I would tell her that she is a beautiful, strong woman, that there is nothing that she can't accomplish in her life, that this child is the beginning of another amazing lifeline that will bring so many beautiful people into this world. This child was created perfectly just as she was created perfectly. This child's heart is already beating. This child already has a soul and this child loves her so much. And to this point, all this child has known is love. And that if she chooses to allow her child to live. It does not mean that she has to choose to give up her dreams or that she has to choose to raise this child. There are so many people who would be willing to assist her, whether it be her raising the child or whether it be her being a part of an open adoption where she can be the hero in this child's life for the rest of that child's life and for that child's children's lives. And that everybody can look to her as the most amazing, most sacrificial birth mother who allowed their child to live. We have, we are a part of a community of thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have the financial means, even if personally we don't have the financial means individually. As a community, we have the financial means to support you to surround you with love, to break down any reason that you feel you have to choose to end the world. We have a solution for that. Whether it be financial, whether it be lack of time, lack of energy, lack of community, lack of faith, every single possible reason that you could be choosing abortion we have an answer for it. And we are so excited, so willing to help you. We are so on fire with the desire to make your life the most successful, the most amazing, the most impactful that it could ever possibly be. And that can all happen if you choose life. Dr. Monique Roberu, thank you so much for joining us here today on Dear Jane. Such a joy to be with you guys. The emotions and fears women face with unexpected pregnancies 
are very real and can feel overwhelming. They're not looking for another person to impress their view upon them or tell them the choice is simple. They're looking for hope in a world of despair, confusion, and doubt. For the pro-life movement to truly achieve its goal of a culture of life, we must be able to reach the abortion-minded woman effectively. We have to be that beacon of light that understands her fear and confusion and empowers her with the confidence necessary to choose life. But how do we really reach her? Enter the Choose Life Coalition. We exist to help provide organizations and legislators with the tools to effectively reach and equip the abortion-minded woman, empowering her with the hope and confidence to choose life in post-Roe America. Learn more at ChooseLifeCoalition.org and receive the training, support, marketing, and other resources you need to successfully understand, reach, and serve her. On this edition of People You Should Know, we introduce you to Jeannie Smith, author and the founder and CEO of Coastline Women's Center in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Coastline recently celebrated its 10th anniversary. Jeannie says one of the key offerings of any successful pregnancy resource center needs to be healing services. Well, I I tell you, um, after doing this for such a season of time, it's absolutely vital uh, that pregnancy resource centers provide healing. And we are just women that we serve are um, encountering so many things from their past that they're hurting from and they need healing. Jeannie says that starts with centers getting to know the women they serve before they best know how to serve them. It's just so important that we are prepared and equipped to serve hurting women because they come through our doors because they may be in crisis facing an unplanned pregnancy, maybe, but not always. And and when they do on either one of those perspectives, do we know what's going on in their life? Do we know what's going on in their heart and in their past? And we just have to love well, and we can't love well unless we love to the full measure that Christ loves us. And so we have to dive deep. We have to understand their heart and what they're going through. We need to understand, do they have childhood past or, you know, do they need healing from um, emotional pain from sexual trauma, or maybe it's abortion, maybe it's miscarriage, maybe it's just a verbal abuse. I mean, and it could be a number of things, but I just feel like as pregnancy centers, we do an injustice if we are not reaching women from that perspective, as well as the medical services and the diapers and all those other things that we provide. We have to take more of a comprehensive approach of the holistic part of this woman and who is she and what does she need? She says when it comes to delivering, Coastline has a multi-pronged approach. Well, we have a we have our medical clinic, obviously, that provides all the medical services. And then we have a resource center. It's kind of like a community center, if you will. And, and there we are um, working with them, you know, weekly to meet the physical needs. And so, you know, those are some of the things we mentioned earlier, like the physical things that they need for the child, diapers, wipes, you know, all of those abundant resources that we provide. But it's it's really meeting them where they're at and not trying to bring them where we are at, but meeting them where they're at and meeting those needs and loving them through that process. It's all about love. Love changes everything. And um, but at the, at the at the physical location, the resource, the community center, there is groups going on. We love to build community. So we're putting these moms together in community where they're beginning to ride together, you know, and have lunch together. And they're discussing where they're at and 
And the relationship building is huge. As a result of this comprehensive approach to care, Jeannie's been surprised to see women with needs beyond pregnancy or abortion show up at Coastline. So we have women coming to us now for just generalized grief. Like it, it and it doesn't matter what age. We've had age 14 to 76 um, and, you know, different things. One mom uh, came in in her early 50s and she had lost her son to a gunshot wound in trauma and God brought her to us to walk through healing. In the end, Jeannie says exposing the truth is what will ultimately change the culture when it comes to abortion. We've just believed, we've bought into the lie of the culture that this is a choice that we can make and have the freedom to make and that it doesn't bring harm to us and it does. It brings destruction to the mother and to the father, certainly to the child. Um, and, and, you know, that overflows into siblings, into grandparents. And so it's such a great tool of uh, destruction that has came with deception. And so I believe how we battle this is we do it one heart at a time. We've got to change the culture. And by doing that, we have to rewrite the narrative. There's been a narrative that's been written and it's a false narrative. And we have to rewrite that narrative. My thanks to Dr. Monique Ruberu. If you want to look her up online, you can go to Dr. Ruberu for Life. That is D-R-R-U-B-E-R-U-4, the number four, life.com. It's refreshing to hear from a medical doctor the truth about chemical abortions and abortion pill reversal. Makes no sense to me why abortionists are so opposed to having the APR available if a woman changes her mind after taking the abortion pill. Isn't that her choice? It's also worth noting that there are hundreds of pro-life OBGYNs out there. To find one, you can visit the website for the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists at aaplog.org. Thank you for listening to Dear Jane. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, and don't forget to tell your friends. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Dear Jane Podcast. I'm Scott Baker. Dear Jane is a production of the Choose Life Coalition.